Don't look back to the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Kip Herridge here with the Daily VRA Investing Podcast. Hope everyone had a really good day and a, and a good week. And we have a, a nice long weekend coming up in the U.S. and Canada. Enjoy a three-day weekend here on behalf of Labor Day. And we'll hit it back again Tuesday. But uh, let's first talk about what happened today. We've got a lot happening in the markets. Some very interesting things happened today uh, with respect to this jobs report. Uh which is just, again, a, we're seeing a pattern here that's beginning to emerge. That's a very clear pattern that we are in Obama's third term. That's something we've been saying here for some time, and it is truly happening. Uh, we expect yields con- to continue to plummet, and uh, we think that any economist that's, that's calling for aggressive tapering, well, we'll cover that more in a moment, because I've got an interesting observation there that uh, I think you might, you might find interesting as well. First of all, the, the markets today. Quiet day in advance of the long weekend. Russ 2000 today had been our leader today. It was our loser, down five-tenths of one percent. Again, quiet pretty much everywhere else. Dow Jones down 74 points. Nothing big there. SP500 almost essentially unchanged. NASDAQ was our winner of 32 points. But again, this is not a lot of action here. Pretty much people are packing it up, getting ready really for the last getaway weekend that we'll have before it's back to, uh, back to work full time. And that's what's going to happen next week. Uh, but it's the, the jobs numbers this morning, you know, if you've, been, uh, if you've been paying attention, you've noticed the trend that's taking place here. And that is that the jobs being created tend to be of the minimum wage variety, right? Your waiters your hostesses, your bartenders. Well, that was the Obama economy. This is, this is Obama's third term. We're seeing more and more of it now. Matter of fact, it's interesting because the, the, the miss today was, was massive for, for the August employment report. Es- estimates were 725,000 jobs were going to be created. The real number came in at 235,000. That's a miss of almost 500,000 jobs, folks. That's a big miss. So why was it why was it such a big miss? Because guess what? Guess what was unchanged for the month? Those, those same low-wage jobs, those same minimum-wage jobs, bartenders, hostesses, waiters, unchanged on the month. And when those jobs aren't created under a Democrat president economy, because again, they depend on government stimulus, right? That crowds everything else out then you don't get jobs growth. And that's why, it, look, this is, a, this is a slam dunk, folks. It's just a slam dunk. That we're going to see continued slow job growth. It'll be like Obama. We didn't have, you know, it, we didn't have a disaster of an economy, you know, unless your jobs are being exported uh, to China. Uh, and you're in manufacturing. Of course, it was a disaster for you. But the economy still managed to, you know, kind of limp along. That's unfortunately what we're going to see here. Now, and you might say, Kip, if that's the case, how in the hell can you and Tyler continue to be so bullish on the markets if we're going to have uh, GDP growth of less than 2%, which is what we had under Obama for eight years? Only president, never to have a single quarter above 2% GDP growth, Obama. And uh, that's what we'll have with, with Biden. So how can we be so bullish? Well, because this is a brand new financial structure that we're in. It just is. And it's been evolving this way for some time. Started in Japan. But big, big things happening in Japan. I won't cover it today. But they're already talking about much more QE. They're, they're, they're going to go. And they're already, they've already been more aggressive than anybody on the planet. They're talking about a lot more now. 
And after this report this morning, Wall Street firms are coming out and saying, we're going to need more QE as well. This is, this is going to happen. Right? This is our new uh, financial structure. This is our new financial Frankenstein, if you will. And you don't have to like it. Who does? But it is what our powers that be have decided is going to be the case. Because they think any, any other way and the whole thing implodes. That's what they believe. So... <clears throat> How do we make money in this environment and why does the market keep going up? Because this is a structural bull market of size and scope. The economy is not the stock market and this is exactly what we're seeing right here in this stock market. Where good news for the economy is actually bad news for the stock market. The stock market wants to continue to see bad news or at least slow growth. Because what does that mean? It means no tapering or very little tapering. And it means the prospect of more quantitative easing. The big-time prospect of more fiscal stimulus, right, from the Biden presidency, soon to be Harris or Pelosi or whoever is going to be that follows this lame duck. Uh, he's a lame duck inside of seven months. Have you ever seen anything like this guy? Uh, but, I mean, we all expected this, so I guess it's, it is no surprise. It's only surprising that we were so right, you know, about, about just the crappy job this guy would do. He's never really been a success at anything except getting elected. And his, uh, his judgment's been terrible. So, uh, but, uh, but again, from the stock market's point of view, this good new- bad news is actually good news. And that's what will keep the market melting up. Again, a structural bull market based on liquidity, based on surging corporate earnings, and based on inflation. Inflation will keep driving prices higher. A lot of people don't understand this. And they are the perma bears that will continue to be left by the wayside. It's not that we're not going to have pullbacks. It's not that we won't have corrections. Matter of fact, folks, we could be getting ready to have one right now. We are now in the worst month of the year. That's September. We've now gotten through the best part of the month, which is the you know, the first, really the, the last day of the previous month and the first two days of the new month. This is when the equity inflows, retirement funds, pensions, etc. Come, come flooding into the markets. Well, that's happened now. That, that, that's done. Uh, but we're still going to have a ton of buybacks. You know, again, we're seeing records in these. That's not going to change. We're not, I'm not sitting here saying we're going to have a 10% correction. What I'm saying is if we're going to have a pullback, we're now at extreme overbought in the markets, at least based on some of our momentum oscillators. Um, and uh, we're now at that seasonally bad period. This would be the time. This would be the time that we'd expect something to go wrong. Uh, it is a pretty good setup for that. Uh, not calling it, but I'm saying we're positioned for it. We've taken some profits, and we're we're sitting back waiting for better buying opportunities. That's how we're positioned. We're still very long, of course, as well. Um, <clears throat> uh, what else today? Okay, so about about these economists. I mentioned a minute ago, I was talking about these economists. How is it they keep getting all this wrong, you might ask? How, how is it where they, I mean, literally a month ago, you could not find an economist. You couldn't find one. That was saying they're not going to taper. They, they, they. Oh, we've talked about it here. I acknowledge him here. Everybody said they're going to taper. Everybody knew it. It was just going to happen, right? Uh, Bloomberg, CNBC, they talk about it as if it had already happened, and we were here saying no, 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 no. Not only will it not happen, rates are going to keep falling. We'll have more QE, and we're going to see negative rates in the U.S. ultimately below one percent ten year by year end. That's what our call is. So <clears throat> how did two guys from Texas, Austin for Tyler, Sugarland for me, how did two guys get this right when every PhD economist, not every, but we can't honestly can't find one that didn't say it, how'd they all get it wrong? 
Well, what a lot of people don't know is because you know, this is not talked about in the media for obvious reasons. Because if you go on, if you go on TV and say anything negative about the Federal Reserve, you will not be on TV again. That is just the way it is. Yeah, this, this is a financials master's of our universe, and you just cannot you can't say anything. It's like it's like saying anything negative about vaccines. You know, you will be deplatformed and you will be banned really quick. Uh, I guess that's where the the big farmer got it from. They got it from the Federal Reserve and from the money cartel, a banking cartel. But um, the point is, and the fact is, there are about a thousand economists that are on the Fed's payroll. Um, it's not really a secret. It's just, again, it's not talked about. And they're on the payroll, either getting straight up cash, they're being paid. They're on the payroll, literally. Or they get grant money or they get scholarship money. But one form or another, there are about a thousand economists. I think it's probably a bigger number than that, to tell you the truth. About a thousand economists on the Fed's payroll. Which is why they never say anything other than what they're supposed to say. And that, that message was, we we're going to start tapering. And uh, again, uh, we, we may taper a little bit, but again, folks, it's Obama's third term. This market will crumble. This market will crumble if they try to start tapering, much less raise rates. Raise rates? What? That's just, oh my goodness. The first time, if they tried to raise rates, the Fed tries to raise rates any time in the next 6 to 12 months, we would have a 10% correction in the stock market inside of a week. Take that to the bank. Bible. And everyone knows it. It's not even a secret. They can't do it. But this is our new financial system. Like it or not, it's, it's what it is. It'll keep working as long as they want it to or until they inflate us all to death. Uh, and uh, that's how we've seen it for a long time. It's how we continue to see it. But right now, don't fight the tape, don't fight the Fed is exactly how you must be positioned. Maybe with some hedges in place, you know, some physical gold and silver, some Bitcoin, some miners, energy stocks, you know, the, the things that are going to go up most during um, uh, uh, like a, a hyperinflationary crash. Or maybe a stack stagnation crash, whatever we're going to have here. Um, but again, we, we still are very bullish, of course. During green indexes at 54, that's really amazing, isn't it? With all-time highs, uh, as Tyler reminded me before this call, a podcast, SP 500 just hits all-time highs, advanced decline. NYSE is right there. It's only about 85, maybe 90 issues away. And uh, but the fear and greed index is at 54. It really is stunning. It, it has jumped some, but still 54 neutral. Uh, you know, and, and just uh, everybody's got a foot out the door, don't they? Hard to fault anybody for that at the last 20 years we've had, certainly at the last 18 months we've had, but it is what it is. It's just not how bull markets end, not even close to how bull markets end. We're, we are not anywhere near euphoria, folks. That's just the bottom line. Um, in our internals today, let's take a look at this real quick. Let me refresh. Internals today were not good. Uh, this is uh, a little bit of a surprise, but again, the seasonality thing and the fact that equity inflows now are for the, from pensions and retirement funds are kind of done you know, for, for the time being. I guess it's not a surprise that they're negative across the board, uh, but they were, uh, except for new 52-week highs and lows, which came in a really good positive number of 379 stocks hitting new 52-week highs to just 66 hitting new 52-week lows. But you look at advanced decline, uh, both NASDAQ and NYSE negative. Uh, NASDAQ was negative by about 800 issues. NYSE was negative about 600 issues. Volume also, though, came in negative. NASDAQ just slightly negative. Uh, but again, NASDAQ was up today. These numbers should be positive, right? Uh, advanced decline uh, for, uh, excuse me, up-down volume for NYSE was also negative. 
but but not not quite as bad as Nasdaq. I'm excuse me, better than Nasdaq. Uh, not terrible readings, not two to one negative, but still negative, pretty solidly negative. We don't want to see that continue to be the case. Don't think it's going to, by the way. Really don't. Uh, the internals last week over the last week have been exceptional. And uh, again, we saw today in 52 highs and lows, the market is clearly broadening. Uh, again, if anything, we think we could see a pause, maybe a short-term shakeout. We'd actually love to see that. But that's kind of how we're positioned right now. And uh, we'll wait and see. In our sector watch today, we had, uh, again, not great. Uh, not ugly either, though. Really not, not a lot of action anywhere. Five sectors finished higher, seven, six finished lower. To the upside by technology at three tenths of one percent. To the downside, utilities down eight tenths of one percent. Again, besides that, outside of that, really not much to talk about. And our commodity watch today again on the slowing growth. You'd expect again with more QE, you'd expect the dollar to be lower. You know more stimulus. You'd expect precious metals and miners to be higher, and they didn't disappoint. Today, gold was up eighteen dollars an ounce. That's a that's a good close in gold today at eighteen thirty. It's a very seasonally bullish time for gold right now. This period through, really through year end, is extraordinarily bullish. It's, it's the most bullish time of all to own gold right now. This is it. And, uh, and it didn't disappoint today. Again, gold up 18 bucks an ounce. Silver up even bigger, 3.6% today, up 88 cents an ounce at 24.79. Silver is without question, in my opinion, the cheapest commodity there is. Industrial and a precious metal. And it's manipulated beyond all comprehension. But if there's one place you should have money, in my opinion, for if you're really worried about inflation, it's silver. It's it's silver. Um, copper today uh, has really been acting much better, uh, up three cents a pound. It kind of quiet today at four thirty-three a pound. Oil today down seventy-four cents a barrel. It's been a nice run, sixty-nine twenty-seven. And finally on the day, uh, Bitcoin. Up uh, 980 at 50,300. Bitcoin is going to have a golden cross in the next few days. We'll, we'll update you on that next week. But golden cross is the 50-day cross in the 200-day when the 200-day moving average is rising. That is an extraordinarily bullish technical event. And uh, that may be, we may be getting discount, uh, discounted of that uh, event, which will take place next week. Uh, but Bitcoin and uh, and Ether as well. Not Ether's not having a a golden cross, but still they tend to move together. All right, folks, that's it. We got a long weekend. Hope you all have a great Labor Day weekend. We'd love to have you come join us anytime at vrainsider.com. Again, vrainsider.com, and we'll see you back here again Monday. Uh, excuse me, Tuesday after the close. <laughs>